Welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast, brought to you by Blue Box Partners, the only show dedicated to small business residential surveyors and valuers, created by surveyors for surveyors. In every episode, you'll learn something new about the vibrant and thriving industry of residential surveying. We don't mind what flavor of surveyor you are or what level of experience you might have. If you're in the business of helping people with their homes, this is the community for you. Today, I've got with me James Brooke from Novello Surveyors. Hello, James. Hi, Marion. And I was thinking, I was trying to work out how many years ago we met. It was quite some time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was when I was just straight out of university. So it would have been 2013. And I had come on to the countrywide sort of trainee graduate scheme at the time. And I think you were up in complaints. I thought you were going to say the, I, I I I thought you were gonna say the ivory towers then. I was in the ivory towers. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, so I spent a while working with you. I, I think at one point I was driving from London up to Coventry every day when I was with did a sort of secondment with you guys and that was that was really good and then more recently I left and joined a little private practice in Fulham and then in 2019 me and Jack my colleague we co-founded Novello Charter Surveyors so it's been yeah it's been a, a, a good year we're now at four surveyors from two surveyors we're still growing and yeah it's been it's been actually in a very turbulent time we've had a really good a good year of it so yeah it's been great so far. And you, you sound like one of these rare surveyors who actually wanted to be a surveyor. Did you do a surveying degree or did you fall into it? Because that's what most people say when I, when I yes. chat with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes and no. So my first degree wasn't, wasn't surveying. I did a politics degree, which I think probably I did about three hours a week of actual studying. And then the rest was sort of playing football and going out and stuff that students do. So I got to the end of those three years and sort of realized I had to do something. I'd always been interested in property. My um, stepdad was a builder. My uncle was the surveyor at Colliers International. So I did a little sort of work placement there, commercial. And I, yeah, I started applying for everything. I mean, I did building surveying, so it wasn't residential when I was at university. But then I applied for all the graduate schemes. And it just so happened that Countrywide were one of the only ones that would would take me at the time, and I ended up going down the residential pathway. And yeah, I'm really glad that I did because I just think there's so much more variety in doing residential than say sort of commercial and dealing with warehouses and and things like that. And years ago, when I started out, I did a graduate scheme many moons ago, actually for Lang. It was Lang Homes at the time, but part of John Lang Construction, and it was a really interesting time because. Although I was a mature student and I'd worked before and on my first day, I wasn't worried about answering the phone and doing admin and talking to people, but it was a really good grounding. And I spent six months in different departments like procurement, working out, you know, how many bricks to buy and and things like that. And sales and marketing, how to sell new builds. The planning side was really interesting, the land buying and to have a really good grounding like that was great was it I can't remember was that similar for you in residential or was it more about how to get through to ASOC and get qualified yeah I mean I joined when I joined at a really good time actually I've heard like a lot of people chatting recently um coming out of courses and university at the moment and I really don't envy them because I I came out just as we're coming out of the recession everything was going crazy and 
the firm at the time that I think they took on something like 90 trainees from mm-hmm. not just graduates, but people, you know, from estate agency backgrounds where they could fast track through with six months. But I was one of the first ones. I think I was the first one in that batch of 90 trainees. And I had to spend 12 months because I had no experience. I had to spend 12 months, which is why I came and annoyed people like you. But when you're working for a firm where everyone works from home, it's quite a different experience because I would go out, I'd do the surveys in the morning, and then often by one o'clock, two o'clock, I was at home with nothing else to do. So for about 12 months, I just worked until one o'clock most days. And then it was quite a, it, yeah, it was quite a, an easy pathway to go down. And But it did mean that I got to see a lot of properties, went around with different surveyors. So yeah, slightly different. There was no making tea for anyone or anything like that. Mm. I think property is just all about getting out there and seeing as many properties as you can. And I think corporates are good for that purely because of the volume. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's very hard for SMEs to take on graduates. And obviously there's overhead and, and costs and love or hate the corporates. You know, it is a way of getting the number of properties under your belts if you've not got that kind of experience. But also I think it's important where they can that you get business experience you know, so to get to see different parts of the of the business and the people that make it work and, you know, even departments like finance and understanding yeah. P&L or what goes in and out and, you know, managing all your cash flow, you know, that's really, really good grounding. And even though my graduate uh, placement was many moons ago, it still stuck with me all those, all those years later, you know, and so yeah. it's really good to get, get that kind of grounding. And I guess that's the challenge now for people who can't quite get that experience. You know, you, you're sort of not ushered through to get qualified ASOC and fee yeah. earning, but you know, you've got to be, you know, sort of paying for yourself, I guess, particularly in, in this market, but there's lots you can do to get sort of business experience and, and just to be, to keep yourself um, open. But, you know, studying as well. The other thing I remember from back then is, oh, the, the discipline of studying to get my APC, you know, and studying part-time is really hard. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, for me, I didn't, I, I got ASOP Ricks a year out of uni and that wasn't too difficult because it's basically just a submission. The APC is a completely different kettle of fish because you could literally be asked on anything. But I didn't sit that until 2017 when I was, so I'd been chartered, I'd been earning for about four years. And actually having that experience and, and not rushing through it, yes, there was a lot of revision, but actually when I got in there, I was really well prepared for it. And it did feel more like a a chat rather than sort of any interrogation. But yeah, what you were saying about getting the experience about how a business is run, that for me was when I moved to a really small practice in Fulham. I got there and I was expecting all these big systems that I was used to at the corporates. And it was very much just a case of just do it how you want. So that gave me a really good chance to have like a trial run and introduce tablet technology, online banking, invoicing, everything like that. So that when it got to a position where I thought, you know what, I could leave and do this for myself, I'd had practice and I got the experience. And I I mean, it's one for, one thing working for a big corporate, but actually an SME where you're everything, you're the bookkeeper, you're diary management, you're the surveyor. It's great to get that other side of the experience and, and work for those smaller practices. So, I mean, one thing I would say to anyone is that before jumping out and doing it by yourself, try and get some kind of experience of how a small business runs. It doesn't have to be surveying. It could be anything, but there's really a lot to it. And 
my day now is probably 60, 70% surveying and the rest is, you know, bookkeeping, management, just everything that I never realised existed before I um, went to an SME. And, and you're right, when you work for a corporate, you're quite, not protected, but you're not bothered, you know, you're not interrupted, if you like, with things like terms, payments, customers, um, unless there's a problem or, you know, you're, you're, you're just having that, that phone call with them. You know, so you're quite sort of I, um, isolated, sort of separated out, you know, and you go out and you just do your surveys. And for a lot of people, that's great. It's what we love to do to go out, look at the properties, you know, have your diary organised, all of those things. But for many people, you want to have a bit more control. What made you want to work for a smaller company? I got to the point where I realised if my sort of path of progression was not going to be becoming a better surveyor, it was more going into the management kind of route at the big corporates. You can only reach a certain level where you stop doing surveying and, and it's more, you know, a manager and you're off the tools. And that's not something that I sort of, I reached that junction and I thought, I actually want to be a much better surveyor and get chartered and really sort of craft my skills and feel like a proper practitioner rather than just maybe someone who's there to to tick boxes, which I think there's a real sort of problem with in our industry, with, with the big corporates, with sort of the volume and the amount of work that surveyors are expected to, to do. And, you know, for me now to think about doing five or six or even seven valuations a day, it's just I don't know how I ever did and, and ever could do that. So I guess I wanted to sort of get more involved with doing more sort of bespoke surveying work and just become as good a surveyor that I could be. And I felt that the best way to do that was to go to like a little practice where you're hands on and you're dealing directly with those customers. Mm. Mm. I mean, a lot for me now is I don't just do the survey and then that's it. It's, you know, talking them through, helping them get quotes. Even when they've moved in, I still get emails about, you know, the works that they still have to do and things like that. So a big part of it for me was that sort of craft of being a surveyor and, and developing that. And that's not to say that working at the corporate season, you know, being a... Well, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, because that sort of being a good surveyor, and I know where you're coming from in terms of being a good technical surveyor, knowing your craft, knowing yeah. your properties, knowing the valuation. Would you call yourself a valuer or a surveyor? A surveyor. So most of what I do now is sort of ninety percent home buyers and, and building surveys. Yeah. But I think it's it's different skills, isn't it? So when you're at the when you're at the corporates, it's the efficiency and the ability to be able to turn around that much work is an unbelievable skill in itself. Whereas where I work now, it's, you know, one survey a day, which for some, you know, there's, there is a debate often going on in that survey hub of how much is, is, is enough surveys a week. Yeah. But for me to sort of have that time to spend on a survey, that's, that's what I really enjoy. So maybe sort of, it's not about being a better surveyor, but it's just completely different. You, you know, know what, that, there. do you know what? That's absolutely it. And for me, corporate and larger firms absolutely have their place. Of course they do. And you know, they, they can, uh, surveyors who work for those those companies can get through a number of properties and through a number of jobs because they have that network of support, because you've got the technology, because you've got your diary mapped out, because you don't have to worry about the terms, someone else has done that, because you've got someone else sorting out your car and your pension and your payrolls and, and, and all of those things. So, and I think also when you work for a corporate, you don't always realise that, which, which you found, yeah. is there's a whole layer of support that means that is geared to a surveyor working at their sort of optimum capacity and in terms of training as well and, uh, and all of those things. But I think also within our, our culture of surveyors, 
you know, we do think, you know, what makes a good surveyor? And I hear this a lot from surveyors, you know, what's a good surveyor? Is a good surveyor who's been on the tools for a long time. When actually, you know, the further up you go on the, in the chain, you get into management, you move away from the day-to-day. But does that make you a better or worse surveyor? It doesn't. It just makes you a different surveyor. And that's something that I actually really struggled with. When I came off the tools, if you like, I did sort of six years on the tools and then I was running complaints and claims and eventually defect and valuation claims. And most of my career was more of that and less of the actual inspected property. And I really felt whether it was in my head and whether it was what was sort of going on in in the culture of the surveyors that, that I knew, but I felt like I wasn't a good enough surveyor or I wasn't allowed to do the defect inspections and the defect um, claims because, you know, I wasn't a fellow. I wasn't, you know, I hadn't been doing it that long. When actually, in terms of my career, I have spent more time dealing with some really tricky defect and valuation claims over my years. And nobody ever asks me about that. You know, I could talk about it for within reason for years. But, you know, and yet there are people out there who, you know, they're very skilled and specialist in terms of, you know, the niche that they might have in terms of surveys and and properties. But they won't necessarily have been exposed to actually what it's like to deal with a customer, what it's like to deal with defects. The other thing that I learned, not just at the... Uh, and it wasn't necessarily through the, the corp that I worked for at the time, this was across the whole whole sector of surveying, is that once you get into sort of management or another role, whether that be, you know, part-time train or as well as being sort of on the tools doing surveys, is that you get to a point where you're at high risk of a claim, not necessarily, you know, founded as a, a, a found at fault as a, as a claim, but the more you take your eye off the ball, the more likely you are to get a claim. And that's whether you're then sort of winding down to retire, whether that's your, because you're, you've taken on a stepped up to do a management role. And I see that across the, across the board. So it's really important to stop juggling the different hats that you wear and concentrate on, on what's important to you. And I see that in corporates, but I see that absolutely with SMEs. And that's when, you know, so my question to you actually now is, uh, you know, how do you find your work-life balance now? What do you think of work-life balance? So, I mean, when when I left for the smaller private practice, I had a great work-life balance. You know, one survey a day, I would start at nine. I'd always be finished by five o'clock. But since starting last year, it has been long hours. And there, there is always that with starting up a business. And, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking now, yeah, let's finish that. Let's finish this bit of development and then everything will be easy. And, you know, just one survey day, it'll be back to the normal. But I don't think that ever, ever ends with what we're doing now. So I'm now very conscious of that because we've got four surveyors. I'm now having to sort of schedule days where I'm not out on the tools, where I'm actually focusing on the stuff that actually helps more than, you know, you can get sidetracked by just trying to do fees day in, day out. But if you don't spend time on business development, networking, looking after where your work's coming from, Yes, you might get more work done in the short term, but in the longer term, it's going to harm you. So short answer, I don't really have a work-life balance at the moment, but it's something in the pipeline that I'm trying to get sorted. I've got a baby on the way in January, so it's either going to get much worse or I'm going to have to make a lot more time. So yeah, it's it's a difficult one juggling a lot of things, um, but I absolutely love it. I, I wouldn't spend that amount of time working on things. Quite often I'm on my laptop till nine or 10 o'clock at night, but I wouldn't do that if it wasn't because I was, you know, building something and was really loved what I was doing. 
But a lot of the extra stuff for us is is our tech side, is the stuff that we've developed there. And that has taken a long time to get to a stage where we're happy with it. But now it so, is tell really me, tell me a bit, Tell me a bit about that, because, you know, for a lot of surveyors out there, you know, we hear the term sort of prop tech in the industry. And a lot of articles I read on it sort of go over my head. You know, they're aimed at commercial, yeah. they're aimed at, you know, sort of the, the bigger things that are happening. But for a, an SME on the ground, what does technology look like and what kind of things have you brought into your business? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's everything. So we've, we've built our business completely around that. So, I mean, not a singular piece of paper gets sent out to, to any of our clients. So the biggest thing that we rely on is our, is our app for reporting. So we use GoReport. There are a few others out there and they all do sort of similar things. But with GoReport, we've been able to build our own suite of surveys so we don't do any of the ricks building surveys or the home buyers we've built our own level twos and our own level threes and i guess those kind of app reporting technology they do get some you know a bit of a bad press if you look in like the survey hub group there's a lot of people there critical of the of what they call the ipad survey but for us it's actually meant we can do really detailed surveys because you know we can take photos on site we can I mean, I dictate a lot using Siri, so there's no typing costs or anything like that. And I often get asked, but how do you sort of edit it and have reflective thought? For us, we fill the reports out. And yes, there is a few little bits of standard phrases and things like that, but it's mostly just bespoke reporting and and, and taking notes on sites. And then I sit down the next day and, and reflect on that and, and fill out the report. And most of the time, my clients have got their surveys by nine o'clock, 10 o'clock the next morning. And that is sort of something that is quite easy for us to do because of that technology. But also we are doing very detailed, accurate reports. And, and the feedback we get is sort of people are quite amazed at how quickly we can turn those reports around without losing that quality. Yeah, so but it's not but it's not just about that technology though, is it? Because the technology can make you more efficient if you know yes. how to and you embrace the technology, let's face it. You know, if you're familiar with it, if you take the time to learn and, and all of those things, you know, you will it, it does work. You can learn any you, it's just a tool at the end of the day. So so the the technology will help you, but ultimately you're not under the pressure that you might have been in a different environment where you're doing your one survey a day. You know, your mindset yeah. is a different approach. You're thinking about that that one property. And you're right, the you know, there does need to be reflective thought. And that's something that we we always worry about. Is it being rushed? But that doesn't mean you can't get a job out the next day. You know, and also it's it's looking at the relationship that you have with your client and not seeing it as just as just one transaction. It's the, the prep you do before, it's the follow-up that you do afterwards and keep that engagement going. And very very often I think, you know, a lot of surveyors see you know, don't think that they have repeat customers when actually they really do, you know? Yeah. And I suppose that sort of brings us on to another bit of technology that we use, which is a CRM system. And that's, so that, that's you know, a customer relationship management system. CRM. Yeah. So yeah. We, we log all of our inquiries through there. We send out all our quotations out there. We do all our invoices and everything through that. And we, and we take all the details down. We, we've even sort of built ours now so it can send terms of engagement through it by getting their details. And it's not an overly complicated system. In fact, I think I saw one the other day that had been especially made just for surveyors. Um, yeah, I think it's a surveyor booker, survey booker, yeah, I some, think it was. Yeah, yeah, survey booker, yeah. I've not tried that one myself. We use um, Zoho. Um, 
But what that allows us to do is, yes, it automates sending quotes out. And, you know, if we get stuff on the inquiries through our website, everything goes out automatically. Um, but it also lets us really sort of drill down into that data. So I love, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to sort of our data. But um, through that, we can do sort of all sorts of reports where the jobs have come from. So one thing I quite looking at is the lead sources. So where the work has come through that month. So I can see, you know, X amount has come from repeat clients or, or recommendations or solicitors. And we can see sort of, you know, which have the best fees and, and really target then where we put in our sort of time and our, our energy. Um, but not only that, we can see sort of when stuff drops off. So, you know, if we've had a quiet month with no referrals from solicitors, we, we can really do that. And there's a lot of those CRM systems out there. And I guess if you're using an Excel spreadsheet, you're, you're using a, your own sort of homemade CRM system. Do you know what? It's really interesting because that's something that I, I go through in the Surveyor Hub Mastermind is getting surveyors to actually look at their numbers. Where do they come from? What's the most profitable? You know, How many times are you are you quoting and what's your conversion rate? Um, yeah. Are you wasting your time on, you know, some of these race to the bottom, you know, sort of websites where you get yeah. you know, you quotes, you know? You know, so looking at where you spend your time, where your best leads are coming from, what's the most profitable, but then also what's the, the kind of work that you enjoy doing, you know, yeah. and, and cherry picking the best ones. Because, when you work for yourself, you can do that. No, exactly. And and I think those those sort of price comparison websites, they have a place. We relied on them quite heavily at the start and just to get the volume up. And then it gave us a, a, a door in with the agents that we were picking up keys from and, and the solicitors that, you know, we always ask the client, Who's, what's your solicitor's name? We'll send them a copy of the report. But also it means we can sort of tap into them and say, if you've got any other clients, you know, let us know. And and solicitors are probably our best source of work. But those price comparison websites, I can look at that and, you know, see how, what the conversion, I mean, our conversion rates on those are, are really low, something like three or 4%, whereas a recommendation from a solicitor, I think we win like 70 or 80% of those. And that's the same with like personal recommendations as well. So it's easy to think that they're really good sources and you get loads of work from them. You do, but the fees are much lower. And the conversion rates are much lower. So you end up spending, I think we were spending something like 20% of our fees at the start on, on just getting those leads through the door. So I think really drilling down into that data, if you don't know where your customers are coming from and how you're winning those customers, you can't really improve on that. And, and like you say, cherry pick. So for us now, we're really focusing on solicitors and how we get to know more solicitors and the ways we do that. And that's true because the, we know that they're yeah. the best work. Yeah. And the way that you do that is very different to selling direct to the public. So I see a lot of surveyors who go down the rabbit hole of social media, posting regularly on social media. And that's a really tough gig because as surveyors, we might want to post some really geeky pictures of something we've seen and how exciting that is. But to translate that into for a customer, purchaser, or a homeowner who's really not interested in uh, in things like that, yeah. they've got a different perspective, and it's a really hard one to, to get over. But to target, you're absolutely right. You know, solicitors are a great one to target. I interviewed a conveyancer on an earlier podcast, and she was just screaming out for for surveyors. You know, really wants to get to know them. You know, her local chat yeah. is, is gone, is retired. So it's about. So it's great that you've brought in a CRM system and you're slicing and dicing that data and making the time to to take a look at it. But for somebody who's not quite there yet. You just start with a spreadsheet. You just start with making yeah. the time in your diary, 
you know, where is it coming from? And I think the other part of it then is actually looking at the the quality of, sorry, looking at the work, looking at the properties, what kind of jobs are you getting, what location, I think, as you said, you know, but are you attracting young families or are you attracting, you know, those that want to downsize and retire and and those things or probate because they're coming from solicitors, you know, matrimonial disputes, that kind of thing. What kind of work are you attracting? Because surveyors, I think, and I've seen this through many that have come through through the Mastermind and, and the Surveyor Hub, they don't believe they've got an ideal client. And they might yeah. say, I'd, li- I'd like an ideal client who's just e- e- easy, empty property, you know, and I get a good fee. <laughs> be an, easy, yeah. an ideal client. But actually, we thought about it. You know, we want to give advice to maybe a young family and the potential they might want to extend and alter their property. And that's like an add-on service that we can offer. But we do have ideal clients. Tell me about the area that you're working in, Fulham. Because you're from Leeds, aren't you? So it's you. Yeah, totally yeah it's a bit of a, it is a big difference. And that, I mean, I, when I got into property, you know, I headed straight to London. I, I wanted to be dealing with those big properties. Um, but we see, we see absolutely everything. So we, you know, I'll do little houses out in the suburbs, studio flats, flat conversions to anything. I mean, yesterday I was in a six million pound house in, in Chelsea. So we see some amazing houses and we also see some really bad ones. And, and actually quite often the, purchase price or the size of the house doesn't often equate to, to the amount of work. I mean, I, that one yesterday was immaculate. So I've certainly spent more time in a one bed flat conversion than I have in six bedroom detached houses in Kensington. And I suppose going back to your previous point about how you pick those jobs and how you, you get them. I mean, you can't always pick the job. And I, I think that's one of the best things about doing what we do is is the variety, but it's who you target. So a lot of our, in fact, nearly all of our high value work comes from either solicitors or estate agents there. And I think that's just really important. You, you should always be asking who referred you and keeping a track of that because that's, that's how you sort of zone in on, on those, those kind of work. You mentioned that you've now got four surveyors working for you. So you started off, it was just you and a, a yeah. one other. What's your plans or, or rather, how do you feel about growing? Because I see a lot of surveyors who think or believe, I want to be big. I want to have a big business. I want to have lots of people or, you know, I'm getting lots of work in. Therefore, I need to hire more people. When actually for a lot of surveyors, working smarter, charging more for your fees. Absolutely. I think a lot of people undersell themselves. You can actually earn more of an income and thinking that you need to recruit people. Tell me more about your journey to expand your business because once you've got four people, you know, I don't know if you've got admin support, I presume, and, and things in there, but, yeah. you know, you're then getting into team building, managing people, more payroll and HR issues and all of those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, going from two surveyors, two sort of director surveyors to four surveyors with, with Caroline and Ben, it has been a huge change, but... It's been, a, it's been a good change. Um, in terms of that growing, we definitely want to grow and we're always like looking for other people. We, we don't sort of go out there and advertise jobs, but if we meet the right person or we get chatting to, I, even sort of people on the Surveyor Hub, I've contacted and had a good chat with them. So we're always looking for sort of like-minded surveyors. And if they're the right match and they want to join us, then, then we'd always sort of look at them. But you're absolutely right in terms of like, quality over quantity um we had like a team building training day last last friday to celebrate our our year anniversary and one thing we spoke about then is actually improving that quality of fee so our 
again, going back to that CRM system, I know our average fee is about 780. And this year, we want to move that to around £1,000. So that's one of our targets is how do we improve that? Again, going back to that is the, the type of work and our lead sources. We're not going to get that from those price comparison sites, but maybe through solicitors and, and higher end and repeat clients, we will. So yet we're focusing on that. But we, we've built our, our systems, our, our reports, everything from scratch it, with the idea in mind of we're building a skeleton here that we could have a much you know larger firm from. All our systems that we had in place, even when it was just me and Jack, you know, we had that complicated CRM system when there was just the two of us. And it was definitely beyond our years in terms of what we needed for just, just us. But, you know, we've spent a lot of time and invested a lot of money in building those reports and that technology to get to a stage where when the right person comes along, definitely we, we'd, we'd take someone. So we're not in a huge rush and we're not obsessed with being a, you know, a mega corporation or anything like that. But I, I'm really confident in, in what we've got and what we're offering and also like what we're offering to the people that come and work for us that I think we're just going to grow organically. And, and yeah, I, so yeah, I'm not obsessed with that, but I think it's, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. I love that growing organically and but enthusiastically, yeah, uh, a lot of my yeah. projects and work that I've been on, uh, and I describe the the survey hub as that. Actually, I invited thirty people, and we've got thousands in there now. It's quite real organically, but enthusiastically. And it's interesting, you you know what you you know the way that you're talking about sort of growing your your business. And I think one of the important things is to recognise as you as an individual, or your your team members, those early people that you bring in, whether they are not necessarily that they're, whether they're team players or not, but whether they like to work with a small group of people, an intimate sort of group of people, or whether they actually prefer to work by themselves or whether they prefer to be in a big, bigger company. And that's a journey I see a lot of surveyors go on when they leave a corporate, decide to work for themselves, or they think they need a stepping stone going to a smaller company. For myself, you know, I'd worked for a corporate for many years and then I started to work for myself. And God, it's lonely. Yeah. It's, a bit, it's a bit boring. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I was, and I find like now I've got a bit of a sweet spot where I I do my own thing, but I you know I uh, I work with the the guys and gals at um you know at, at Blue Box, and um you know really enjoy that, and I, I've got that that nice balance enough sort of uh, you know independence, but I've still got yeah. a team that I can that I can go to, and it's been quite a, a journey for people. You mentioned recruitment there, and one of the things that we we don't really push in the surveyor hub is recruitment because we want surveyors to just have, uh, you know, it's a free group, you know, it's just a place for people to, to chat and they don't want to be pestered by recruiters. Uh, but we do have a, a semi-regular post that goes out with jobs that, um, you know, if anybody wants to, to post. And at the moment, you know, there are firms out there who are screaming out for surveyors. You know, it's yeah. a really competitive market. But when I look at the adverts or lack of adverts out there it doesn't inspire me to want to um, join any of the companies or not many of them and it'll you know a lot of them just say we're recruiting in these postcodes looking for a valuer i think that is a problem we've got in this industry especially when you sort of get onto the points and postcodes so we want a surveyor to be doing six points a day in sw postcodes property doesn't work like that we don't judge our days on on points, we, we do it on the, the type of property you're doing and how long that's going to take to do a good job. But from a recruiting point of view, yes, we've posted adverts, and but it's very hard to sort of convey what you're about through that. It is in one single advert, yes. But yeah. I think what a lot of people do 
not just surveyors, but a lot of people is just sort of follow companies or follow individuals in companies. And that's actually where social media and the whole sort of engagement piece really comes in. Because if you're posting regularly, if you're sharing, you know, what your life is like working for your company, you know, that is as powerful as you'll get this much money for doing this much work, you know, in these these postcodes. And so people actually follow that. And I see that a lot more, I guess, two types, more mature surveyors who just think, do you know what, life's too short. And we've got a lot of that at the moment, you know, this sort of whole COVID and and lockdown period, et cetera, has really made people think about what they're prepared to put up with and the kind of work that they're going to do. You know, so there's there's those that think, do you know what, I I want something a bit more, something with a bit more value. But actually then, you know, younger surveyors coming through, you know, and I hate talking about that because it makes me feel really old, but, you know, these younger (laughs) people coming through with this sort of fresh perspective of what you really want me to work that many hours a day and you call them points, not jobs and customers. Yeah. You know, really sort of a millennial fresh thinking, you know, an approach to to the way that we we do things. I mean, if you look at a lot of like the the tech startups and things like that they do all sorts of things to attract those millennials because it's you know for millennials it's not just about having a pension and a salary and a secure job they're less risk averse and and a millennial or even a younger surveyor they'll move around jobs a lot more than generations before so i've seen sort of you know friends who've gone for jobs and they have unlimited holidays the idea being that you probably end up taking less because you don't feel like you have to take your 25 days or or whatever that is. And it's one thing sort of me coming from that corporate high volume points background, I've been really, really aware of. So we have tried to do it differently. So at the moment, we're looking to maybe go down to four day week, we're going to experiment with that. The idea being that if you can do two surveys in one day, maybe if we can get them in the same area or two smaller properties, that gives you, you know, an extra day off. Yes, it's the same amount of work, but actually by just improving that planning and organization, potentially that could happen. So we're experimenting with that at the moment. We give a lot more holidays than probably the corporates do. And tech, I think, you know, all our surveyors have like the the best iPhones because that's literally what we rely on. And the other thing as well for for us is surveyors are naturally risk-averse people. So, you know, to go to a little firm that's just started up just over a year ago, it is a big risk, especially in, in the market today. But we want those people who want to come on board and sort of grow the business with us and do things a little bit different and uh, sort of have that like-minded attitude with us. So, yeah, it's it's sort of challenging that typical six-point-a-day, high-volume burnout type of work. That, that's interesting because actually a lot of surveyors haven't really done any personal development. They've done lots of CPD. technical CPD but unless you've been on a graduate scheme or made an effort to do some personal development uh, and by that I mean you know things like understanding what's your values why are you a surveyor what's important to you looking after your needs all of those things not you know some people might if they're lucky have gone on a management course you know how to manage people there's a lot of surveyors there who out there I know because I've met them over the years you know they're managers or they're in charge because they've been there the longest you know and they've learned on the job but they've never ever really been invested in and given any kind of management support or training and it's a really hard thing to be a manager and manage people 
you know, there's always that, you know, talk about sort of imposter syndrome, sort of being a, a surveyor, but you get that as a, as a manager as well. And some of the things as a manager you have to deal with, it's the biggest eye opener ever. But a lot of people haven't gone through that journey. And it was interesting on the last mastermind that I ran, there were a, um, a couple of guys on there who actually worked for bigger firms and they were thinking of working for themselves. And they went through the, um, you know, sort of through the program and one is setting up by himself. One is planning to, he's got, got a date and the other one actually went to work for another company. So it was really, but it was really interesting just the, you know, I sort of took them on as an, okay, let's just see how this goes because the course was initially for for SMEs. But it really, you know, didn't shock me, but it did make me think, actually, do you know what? When do we invest in ourselves like that? And there's a, I think there's a particular generation of people, typically men, who won't have gone through any of that kind of self-discovery, if you like, because it's not encouraged because it's time away from fees and it doesn't really affect your CPD. But, you know, apart from this, the work that I do and the work that we do at the Surveyor Hub and Blue Box, actually Lionheart, which is a fabulous organisation, which, uh, as you know, supports surveyors, they actually run uh, some great, uh, you know, lunch and learn workshops on a range of things. And it does count as, as your CPD and it can be a stepping stone for people to start to think about, well, what's important to me? I don't just have to come here and be a slave for the job. And all of those things, what they do is they de-risk it. They de-risk the fear of, you know, moving to another company or moving to a smaller firm or starting off for yourself or actually coming back and rediscovering that actually I really like working for the corporates or, or a large company, but I want to get some management experience. And this is the kind of thing that I, I need. And I don't see enough of that with surveyors, I don't think. No, I think as, as an industry, we are probably sort of quite archaic in that sense you know if you look at all of the the big firms in london that aren't sort of property related they're all really aware of sort of treating people well and they all have sort of extra benefits and everything like that and that's the way the world's going and sort of going to that burnout you know we, we all know surveys who just work non-stop every day and there is there's more to to life than just doing surveys so for us we're sort of really we don't push that kind of high volume work and I think that's really important because I want to have you know be at a nice place to work I want to like the people that I work with and have like a really good environment and you know since we've started doing this and we've done like on Friday we did a, an away day we took everyone away for a, a day took them off the tools we stayed in a hotel we went out for a meal um just stuff like that it, it just makes it a much nicer place to work. But actually, I think in the longer term for us, we'll benefit from that because hopefully those people will feel invested in, in what we're doing and helping us build something. And at the end of the day, they're the people going out and, you know, representing our, our company. So I think we're going to, as an industry, we're going to have to change how we sort of treat people. I guess what you're doing now is you're creating the culture, culture of your, yeah. your business going forward. Yeah. I was just going to say, and, and we make sure everyone's on board with that. So when I was talking about that four-day week, which we're going to start trialing, that was very much, we all sat down and said, what would you think about this? This is how we're going to do it. This is very much, it has to be a day off. It's not just an admin day. How would you all feel about it? And, And the feedback that we got from all four of us was that actually this could really suit us because, you know, one person has a kid that they'd love to have that extra day to spend with them. Um, someone else has a hobby that they, you know, it's, it's, it's great for them. So I think, you know, I'm still very much learning. I'm only 29 and, as long as I'm, you, you know, you're listening to people and finding out what it's that balance between what will make you successful and and what will bring in the the money. But actually, the the greater of that is making sure people are happy and that they enjoy working where you're at. 
And I think especially for a smaller firm, because they're closer to the coal phase, you don't feel miles away from where that money's coming from. And it's always in the back of your mind, well, I could go off and, and do this myself. And, and that's essentially what I did at my old firm. So I think you've really got to make people feel valued and, and enjoy working with you. And it's a much nicer place to be if you do that. James, it's been really good to talk to you today. Thank you very much for the time. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Surveyor Hub podcast. We'd love it if you leave a review and let us know how we're doing. And if you want to find out more about how we're making a difference, visit us at blueboxpartners.com. Thank you.